Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. In our society, girls and boys are still brought up very differently. Boys are encouraged to be brave, girls are taught to be careful, while we should rather teach our girls to be fearless. And the name Project Fearless, an Amsterdam-based NGO, says it all. My guest for today is Project Fearless founder, Merida Miller, and she wants to help girls to become brave, courageous, and yes, fearless. Hi Merida, thanks for being with me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What was the reason that you decided to found Project Fearless? Yeah, it's a really good question. And you'd think I'd have a like a right out of the shotgun answer for this. Um, it, it really actually came to where I was in the time of my life. Um, I was working at a corporate job with a very sexy title and a very sexy brand. And I was feeling really unfulfilled and really, quite frankly, unhappy um, in my life. And... I did a big deep dive and realized that, well, the reason I was unhappy was because all the things that make me me weren't happening. Um, I wasn't creating an impact that I could see uh, that affected others. I wasn't in a place where I could cheer people on and I wasn't being physically active or let's say like learning through doing, you know. Um, and when I took a lot of time to deep dive and find that, I realized, well, um, I want to create a space where I can empower people, where I can encourage others to get out of their comfort zone and, and learn through doing and pick themselves back up. Um, and at the same time, I also came across some pretty startling uh, statistics around young girls that really resonated with me uh, as an adult and also uh, things that I was hearing as an adult woman um, And a bunch of meetups of, you know, women feeling that they pursued the wrong career because they were told, oh, no, this is what you should go after. Or, um, you know, maybe they didn't feel they had the confidence underneath them to try something new or, you know, take those risks. So I really wanted to encourage girls from a young age and at an age that I knew we could really make an impact um, to set them up for the rest of their lives living confidently. What are the programs that you offer at Project Fearless? We, our programs fall under three categories. Uh, so we have the Mind and Movement Lab, and the Mind and Movement Lab could be anything. Right now we have skateboarding, boxing, and run club that fall under that. But really we talk about these sort of pillars as, you know, what are they going to come out of these pillars in? So whether they're skateboarding or boxing or doing running or anything that has to do with moving your body, it's really focusing on, being proud uh, of the strength and power that your body has and confidence in yourself and less focus on, you know, why I use, you know, if, if you use fitness for, um, you know, losing weight or to fit this perfect image, it's really about um, loving your body for what it can do. Uh, we then have the uh, community and leadership Uh, pillar. And that could be anything from currently we have our mentor program that falls under that. We also have a uh, design for social impact, but it's really about finding your voice and creating an impact in your community and leading uh, with your own set of 
yeah, let's say leadership skills. So what does leadership mean to you and how can you apply that um, to creating action in your community? And then the third pillar is our maker space. And that is learning through doing. So that could be, uh, you know, arts, it could be design, it could be bike engineering. Currently, we have our artivism class, which is mixing climate science and uh, activism through art. And so it's hands-on doing, but also hands-on science experiments. How can the girls join? Do they have to apply or is there some sort of fee? How does it work? Yep. Um, so there can really... Uh, it depends on the family circumstances. Um, the courses uh, currently are for cost, uh, but they are, you know, they, the, the fee varies. So for instance, our artivism class is 50 euros for eight weeks, two hours once a week. Um, our skateboarding is the most expensive, which is 150. But if, if you really break it down, it's, it's still um, reasonable for what you get. You know, it's again, two hours. We provide all the gear. We provide all the snacks. Um, and it, it all varies in between there. Uh, however, we understand that, you know, especially last year was a really tough year for a lot of people. And we never want um, cost to be a limiting factor for why somebody can't join us. So we do have scholarships available. We do have half scholarships and full scholarships, depending on the family's needs. Um, we also have uh, for families who are on Stadspass, which is a city card. So if your family uh, is eligible for Stadspass, you can get the programs for either heavily discounted or for free. But the courses, uh, they are quite popular, which is great. <laughs> so we really ask everybody to sign up to our newsletter because that's actually the first place that we announce new programs and when course registrations open. Uh, our mentor program is uh, app for uh, you need to apply. So that, our mentor program is for teenagers who are um, ages 15 to 18. Uh, and that program is completely free, uh, but we do ask for a motivational application um, ahead of the course starting. And you can find all this information on our website, which is projectfearless.org. <laughs> How big are the groups usually and what's the age range? Yeah, great question. Um, so our, our, I would say like our key programs, so the programs that kind of fall under those pillars, um, those, the ages run from nine to 14. Uh, depending on the class popularity, we do split the class up. So for instance, skateboarding on Wednesdays is for girls nine through 11. And then Thursdays, it's 12 through 14. Um, within that uh, group, or within those courses, each course, we only allow 12 girls. Um, and we do that because Uh, it's a really, it's a good, it's a, we find it to be kind of like a magic number where um, it's small enough that if we have multiple coaches, each girl can feel seen and heard and, and uh, give ind individual attention, but it's not so, um, so small that the girls feel like coaches have their eyes on them all the time, which is, can be quite intimidating. So we try to keep it around, yeah, 12 to 13 girls in each group. Um, And for instance, our run club on Friday is, is our biggest group, but that's because we have two age groups combined. But um, we kind of split the groups uh, amongst the afternoon. So sometimes, yes, we're playing tag with like 20 girls. But then when it comes to running and conversations, we split the groups by ages and, and go off in our smaller groups. What are the girls usually like before they start your program? Because I picture them to be quite shy about, let's say, skateboarding, which is not presented as a typical thing for girls? 
Yeah. Um, it really varies. It really varies. It really varies by girl, by um, by what they've been exposed to previously, by um, how old they are. I think age plays a really big factor into it. And that's you know why we work on this age group, because studies have shown that when girls hit puberty, their self, you know, they're they lose, they drop in self-confidence. They really um, are very concerned about what others think of them. So it really depends. Like I'd say our nine-year-olds are, are typically the most fearless who come in and ready to tackle anything. Whereas the older group is definitely the one that you can see is already feeling kind of the weight of the world and the social pressures around them. Um, but I would say I'm, I'm very happy that uh, the space that we create by the first hour the girls have all relaxed. They're all into it. They know, okay, this is a space I can be myself. You know, this is a space I can be goofy. I can try new things. Um, and each age group, yes, is is different in the sense of how we deliver uh, the conversations or how we cheer them on. Um, but yeah, I, I would say at the beginning, it's usually the age group that you can see the most difference as far as uh, self-awareness and uh, and concerned about what other people think about them. What are the common stereotypes in our society that you would like to break with, with Project Fearless? Hmm, good question. One that I hear quite often, and I also hear it quite often from, it's funny because it's one that I hear quite often also from parents. Um, and it's something that I only sort of really started delving into myself with this summer. But the idea of girly means weak or lesser or uh frivolous, right? And so I often hear parents and I and I did some self-reflection this summer and that was something I grew up thinking. Like when I was younger, I didn't want to do I didn't want to be classified as girly because for me girly meant uh pointless. It meant frivolous, it meant not needed um or dumb. And uh and I often hear people parents say, "Oh, well, yeah, she's not into like girly things, you know." Um And they and you say it in such a tone that makes it, well, why is girly things? Why is being a girl or things that or things that identify as girly bad? You know, why do we why do we say that? Um, and so that's one that I'd really like to start thinking and, and examining around, especially the, the use of it, because it's fine to, you know, if you like dancing and you like dress things that maybe dress dressing up or painting your nails, things that may be considered girly, like you can still do that, and that doesn't mean you're lesser or weaker. You can also do that and skateboard, you know. Um, so that would be a big one. Um, another one that has definitely come up is, um, and I don't know if this is necessarily a stereotype or more of a, a way that society looks at things. And I think it's definitely coming up more, which is great. But this idea that, uh, uh, sorry, I'm trying to feel like I word this, but um, especially when it comes to women and girls empowerment, it shouldn't be just left to women and girls empowering women and girls. We really need to get all genders uh, actioning on this. We need to really create a space where gender stereotypes are recognized that they hurt all of us, not just women, but also um, men. And how until we start breaking down those walls that men can also be quiet, emotional um, caretakers, we, none of us are really going to be able to break these um these silos that we've been placed into. Um, but equally we need, we need men to step up and say, Hey, 
you know, if somebody's making a comment, that's not okay. You know, we need men allies in these spaces. So I think the biggest one is just gender stereotypes and all in, in general, we need to really get away from. How would you describe the impact that you have on these girls that join your project? Um, gosh, it's really varied and it's really varied by girl. Um, I'd say one is that we see some girls who come in quite confident in themselves and their ability, but they've been actually hurt a lot by other girls. Um, they don't feel that girls are a safe space for them. They feel that girls are often mean to them or, you know, they are unliked by girls. Um, so when they come to Project Fearless, they have, a, you know, immediately this group, this community who supports them and loves them and cheers them on for being themselves. So they realize, oh, girls aren't, don't have to be mean to each other. Girls can support each other. And that's a really amazing and beautiful thing. Uh, and then they go out into the world a little more open to receiving that kind of support from other girls, but equally creating spaces for more girls, um, which I think is really important. Um, you know, the other impact, of course, is just confidence in the self. Um, you know, we have some girls who've joined us who, uh, you know, their shoulders are shrunken in, they're, they don't make eye contact, they don't, you're really unsure of themselves. And, you know, the second they get on the skateboard and they feel like, oh my God, like that was really cool. I just did that. It's, it seems like such a small change, but immediately you can see their body language change. They even say, yeah, I'm actually really proud that I tried that. And these small, really, these small moments really, really add up. Um, and the other thing we see, and this is why we actually have the different pillars of our program is that we want to encourage girls to try things Uh, outside of their comfort zone, but also focus on on the, the the progress and the doing rather than the outcome. You know, I think in this society we're we're all so focused on getting ahead, being the fastest, the strongest, the a plus a plusiest um, that we forget. You know, the beauty in just trying and the beauty in just having fun because it feels good, not because you have to be perfect at it. So. Um, you know, we notice a lot of the girls join our programs in their comfort zone, you know, so a girl may join our yoga because for her yoga is where she feels safe. She knows she can do yoga really well. So she's, she's not intimidated by it. She comes and she joins yoga for eight weeks with Project Fearless and she realizes, oh, this is a, this is a safe space where I can act goofy. I can make a mistake. I can, you know, not be perfect and people are still going to love and accept me. And then she tries something else. You know, we hear, I love when I hear from parents who are like, oh my God, she signed up for skateboarding. She would never have done this before, you know? And, and that's really powerful because it's just practice taking risk and it's practice getting out of your comfort zone and it's building muscle memory to be like, oh yeah, I can do this. Whatever happens, whatever comes at me, I got this. Uh, and, and that's, I think, really powerful. You mentioned earlier that, of course, 2020 has been a rough year for a lot of people. How did you manage to continue during the pandemic? Um, gosh, yes. Uh, I can't believe it's already been a year. <laughs> um, so we started our spring programs last year uh, in person uh, as normal. Uh, and then three weeks in, uh, the lockdown happened. Um, and, you know, I would say pretty immediately we we went online um which i'm going to be honest was very outside of my comfort zone i really don't like online um so it was a, something that forced me out of my comfort zone to see how we could do this uh and it, we really what what we wanted to focus on especially during that time was consistency for the girls so how do we show up consistent for them every week 
even though yes, the world is completely upside down. So uh, for the continuation of those eight weeks, while we were all still in lockdown, we showed up every, every day at the normal time. So if it was skateboarding, we showed up every Thursday at 4.30 to check in uh, or boxing and our boxing class continued hilariously and perfectly online. It was pretty amazing. We had, you know, 15 girls show up every single week, boxing it out virtually. Um, and, and yes, skateboarding was definitely one of the more difficult ones to do online because, um, not everybody's allowed to skateboard in their house, but we still checked in, you know, sometimes we just hung out online and did coloring together. Sometimes we just chatted. Sometimes we watched a skate video together. And then, luckily kids were the first uh, demographic that was allowed to go back into sort of session, if you will, outside. Um, So we pulled everything outside in the summertime. We did skateboarding outside, boxing outside, run club outside. Uh, We had continuous, you know, meetups where even if we didn't have lessons, it was sort of like, hey, I'm going to be at the park from this time if you want to come hang out. And we have groups who would come, which was awesome. And then autumn last year, while we were able to continue normal, which is great. So we had two classes that were inside and then everything else was outside. And then this year we've just pulled everything outside. So we're boxing again outside. We're skateboarding again outside. We're running outside. Um, and our artivism class is hopefully going to start in the library next week. Um, and they've, uh, they've also had outdoor trash pickup days already. So we've, we've pivoted and weaved, but I just have to say, I am so thankful that for the, at least here in the Netherlands, we've been able to continue outside, which is really good. What are the specific plans for 2021? You already mentioned a few of them, but are there maybe new programs planned for this year? So new programs, we are, the biggest thing is I think expansion. So we're trying to expand um, to some other areas uh, in Amsterdam. So we're hopefully this summer going to start pop-up events to raise awareness Uh, that were coming to you, coming to soon to you, um, in the Balma region, and then also in Boston Lomer, um, and those uh, those will be continuation of our current programs. So a run club, a boxing. Although I think we're going to do a self defense focused boxing, which will be really cool out in ba- uh, Zadost, and then also we're hoping to bring a touch rugby, or I think they call it. Um, Australian football uh, out into uh, the New West area, which would be really fun with some of our partners. So yeah, expansion both in the areas that we're going out to, but also expansion in the type of programs. Um, And we've also have a couple new pop-up events that are going to happen that we are that help us sort of test the waters, you know, so we see like, okay, is there interest if we did a creative coding workshop? What does that look like? Um, And so we'll do some of those pop-up events Uh, just to, to see who shows up and how they feel about it. How can people support Project Fearless? The biggest support for us right now is we're really looking for partnerships. So we're really looking for um, you know companies or, or large organizations who believe in our mission and want to support the future of girls. Um, so you know with expansion, we need the partnerships to help us, uh, whether that's with supplies or... Um, You know, sometimes even just name recognition of a partner is really important for us. So if people are at a company that they think, yeah, this aligns really well with what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we're also looking for a location for uh, our clubhouse. So we really want to make a, a, you know, a stake in the ground to say, hey, we're here. We have, we're a community um, where we could offer and expand on our programming. We really want to get an engineering workshop going. So we're looking for a space that we can do that. 
Um, and then also the simplest one and the easiest one is just tell people about us. So um, you can do that, of course, following us on Instagram and sharing our things and engaging with us. Or, you know, if you're ever at, um, I don't know, if you, if you know somebody who has a, a child who identifies as female within the age groups that we work with, you know, talk about us, tell them what, do, what we do. And I want to be clear that it's not just for girls who are outwardly struggling. I think that's one thing that people really um, kind of think. I was like, oh, well, my, my child is fine. Um, and that's great. But equally, like, they they can always be supported or maybe we need her to come help support other girls, you know? And so uh, join us. I think that's the biggest thing is, is, is spreading awareness and joining us is, is very helpful for Project Fearless. As a volunteer, is it necessary to be able to speak Dutch? Not necessarily. So no, <laughs> great question. Um, it really depends on the role of which you're applying. Um, actually, we're currently looking for a operations specialist to help me, um, you know, some more behind the scenes. So Dutch would be a, a great addition, but it's definitely not a uh, requirement. Um, as far as a coaching position, um, it's not a requirement, but that means that we then have to find a Dutch speaker to assist you, which also isn't a problem. Um, so all of our classes are taught in Dutch and English if we need to, um, depending on the group. So you'll some groups, all of a sudden, 95% of the girls in the group are Dutch. So then we speak Dutch or, or if it's vice versa, and then we translate whatever language we need to translate. Um, so our co courses always have a head coach and then an assistant coach. And one of those needs to be able to speak Dutch uh, in case we need to speak, you know, we need to switch languages or translate. Merida, thank you so much for talking to me today. I think this is really an awesome project and I hope we will find more supporters for you. Yes, thank you so much. And I personally wish you all the best. Thank you. This has been really lovely. So nice to speak with you as well. And thanks for giving us the opportunity. Thank you. Cool. And this also marks the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Stay tuned if you want to meet more amazing women from Amsterdam. And please don't forget to follow Amsterdamers on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks and take care, everybody. Bye.